What do you know? From Wendell, Massachusetts to Omaha, Nebraska, it's What Do You Know with Michael Feldman from APR, American Public Radio. That's John Tulin on the piano, Jeff Eccles on bass, and I'm Jim Packard. In this hour of What Do You Know, gobble-gabber Kelly Cooper, the What Do You Know quiz, and the hotline. Support for What Do You Know comes from American Public Radio affiliate stations and the American Public Radio Program Fund. Now, the man who says, send me some jerky, Michael Feldman. Yeah, see, it's deer season, right? Today starts deer season, right? Yeah. Madonna had a book, see? So I thought, just the poncho, the blaze orange poncho. rain poncho. Universal symbol. That's the one shot she didn't do in there. Okay, so I was just thinking, and that's my problem, I guess, okay? But uh, nice to be here. It is, of course, these people are not deer hunters, apparently, because they're here in our audience. And, uh, but it is at that time of year again here in Wisconsin when the hundreds of thousands of women flock to the sugar shack to stalk the white-tailed Chippendale dancer. A very, uh, a few women even try to field dress him right out there, and uh, they toss him right in back there, the Civic Wagon, once uh, they remove the baby seat, of course. And, well, you got to do it, though. The Chippendales have been breeding like flies, so kind of a nuisance now. They eat the ornamental shrubs, and that's what bothers me. Naturally, of course, many of the uh, Chippendale widowers use this time, the husbands, in other words, use this opportunity to head north and go shoot out some chimneys. So <laughs> this is a little guide for them, for the, maybe the guy who's been out there for the first time. This is the first time out there going up north. Maybe he's an RV salesman the rest of the year or a commodities broker in Glencoe. These are just a few points, a few tips for these uh, hunters. Number one, you'll need a gun of some sort. If you grab the flintlock over the mantelpiece, make sure the hammer has not been soldered. With the dough bearing down on you full tilt, it's one hell of a time to discover you're carrying an ornament. If you don't have a gun, try looking through the back pages of Soldier of Fortune magazine for one that appeals to you. Many have found the AK-47 or the Uzi to be a good all-climate choice. Whatever you choose, remember the first rule of the hunt, keep your weapon clean. More than one prize fawn has been lost when a dirty action has caused the hunter to miss his quarry and strike a neighbor's chimney. Break your gun down nightly and soak it in a light-duty oil, such as safflower, and garnish to taste. And during those long nights in the chilly cabin, clean your bore often. Two, bring along some scent. You're not alone in the woods, you know. And a week is a long time to try to get by on your good looks. Deer urine is the scent of choice of many old-timers, while opium is favored by younger sportsmen. Three, carry a call. A hunter should at all times carry a full complement of calls, suitably arrayed bandito-style on crossed ammo belts. A useful selection includes an adjustable goose, a pintail, a high-volume diving duck, snort deer, gobble box, a split-reed raspy yelp, and an elk call with a detachable grunt tube. While most of these will never be used outside the tomahawk tap, it will at least let everyone at the bar know you're ready for anything, sheep's head included. Four, don't expect game to come right out in the open and greet you. 
Mammals are shy and surprisingly reluctant to run up to guys in orange vests smelling like deer urine. <laughs> Furthermore, deer are masters of disguise. The figure you see in the Groucho nose and glasses may be a futures trader from Glencoe, and it may not. <laughs> if there's any doubt, aim for the attaché case. <laughs> Five, speaking of which, don't be embarrassed to carry a bag. Many of the new possibles bags look like ladies' purses, but since you'll be armed, it's highly unlikely anyone will say anything. <laughs> to lessen the possibility of sartorial self-consciousness, pack a single strand of pearls. Six, carry a decoy. If it looks enough like you, the warden may haul it off. Seven, should you bag a deer, let it hang from the basketball hoop on the garage as a warning to the neighbors. You'll want to give away as many of the steaks and chops as possible since no matter how often you call it venison, everybody knows it's still deer meat. Make sure you find someone reputable to process it. If, after eating your sausage... You find yourself scratching behind your ear with your leg. The sausage maker may have substituted other cuts. And finally, after using your tracking skills to find your way home after a week, all hollow-eyed, irritable, and empty-handed, to a wife who looks curiously rested and who, for at least the first couple of days, sings around the house in a pleasant voice, you don't recall her having, ask no questions. That's a hunter's guide for the great hard work. Now, how many of you uh, women here are actually just having fun because your husband's up north shooting things? Yes? Are you? <laughs> What's on the schedule? A radio show, this is it, and Sugar Shack later? Is that still running, the Sugar Shack? I think it burned down. But it I'm did? Oh, no wonder. Yeah. All the friction of those dollar bills being shoved in me. That could kindle them. Well, that's, of course, about deer hunters, but there's another breed of, uh, of man who's more like a commando than a weekend warrior. That is the turkey guys. Are you married to turkey guys? I don't mean that. I mean guys who, you know, hunt turkeys. They're, they're a different breed entirely. We have a man here with us right now, uh, Kelly Cooper from Picture Rocks, Pennsylvania, who uh, is a charismatic turkey caller. And with the, with the season coming up, I thought this would be interesting to, to hear from, and Kelly's with us right now. Kelly, how are you this morning? I'm fine, Mike. How about yourself? I'm fine, thank you. It's true, isn't it, about turkey men being different? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Is it because the turkey is, is such a different sort of animal? Well, because their intelligence span isn't real great, but their keen senses for survival is very strong. It makes it difficult to harvest turkeys spring or fall seasons in any state across the U.S. Uh-huh. And, uh... The turkey we see, the butterball, <laughs> is not the turkey that, that you're talking about. No, we're talking about wild turkeys that uh, back in Ben Franklin's presidential days had a difficult choice between choosing um, uh, the bald eagle or the wild turkey to be our national bird. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously he did choose the eagle. The wrong choice, you think? Well, maybe so. Some days during the political campaign year, as right now, uh, maybe he should have had the turkey instead of the bald eagle. <laughs> the turkey uh, is quite a bird, though, isn't it? Why? Yes, it is. Very, uh, very keen, very sharp, uh, very adapts extremely well to the wild, and, mm -hmm. and um, it, it's just a, a, an exciting sport to to be able to go out and, and harvest turkeys during the the, the appropriate seasons. Mm -hmm. And this is more of a fair fight than deer season, right? 
a lot more fair fight than deer season. I mean, you know, in deer season, you get a guy with a 30-odd-6 uh, Remington-caliber rifle in his hands, and if a deer's at 200 yards, uh, it's pretty easy to harvest that deer. It, it doesn't require a lot of intelligence. Although you take the bow hunter, uh, that's that's a much more serious scenario. Yeah, that guy's got to sit in a tree for two days. Yeah, he's got to sit there <laughs> yeah. for a lot, with a with a pee jar in his pocket. Yeah, I think I get you. So that's pretty romantic too. We could talk about that maybe, but that's a different subject. <laughs> it's not greatly different, but it's. it's a lot, you know. And then of course uh, the thing about the well, what, tell me this thing: Why do turkey hunters dress like? commandos it looks like they're navy seals or something going out there is there a reason for that well too is is because we like to feel like we're tougher than we actually are not really uh what it amounts to uh, mike is that the turkey's keen eyesight is about 10 times greater than man yeah. and uh, the availability for them to pick up the smallest amounts of movement uh, and things that are abnormal to them in in their living room in their kitchen which is in the woods of which they live uh it's very very easy for them to spot hunters and to spot their predators like, you know, coyotes, owls, anything like that. Mm -hmm. But uh, the reason why we dress up in camo is so that we could conceal extremely well. And, and uh, you wear a true leaf camouflage, and, and uh, it's a leaf pattern that's on the hides you extremely well on the ground. It has a three-dimensional look to it. But mm -hmm. the, the camouflage hides you. You sit there, and you start to call to these turkeys, especially like in the spring gobbler season. Yeah. When the gobblers are going through the mating season with the hens, mm. the gobblers are gobbling and they're strutting and the hens are yelping and clucking and cackling mm. and doing the things that, that Mother Nature intended it to do in the yeah. months of uh, late March, uh, you know, April and May. Mm -hmm. And is then that, the, the mating that? season subsides and terminates at, at sometime about the end of May, beginning of June. And then yeah. throughout the rest of the year, it's just another game of Mother Nature's survival, being mm. able to make it through to the next season. Let's go back to where they're doing what nature intended. That, that, is, is that part of the hunting season, too? Can you hunt them while they're... Uh... Yeah, most states, uh, mo mo most states in the United States have, has a legitimate, mm. legal spring gobbler hunting season. Mm. Um, and what that entails is simple, that uh, from daylight to the hours of noon in most states, um, you're allowed to hunt spring gobblers. And what happens is that that's the best time to hunt them, obviously, because when a gobbler sits on a limb all night long, mm -hmm. and, and all that frustration sexually builds up inside yeah, of him. Yeah. Come daylight, when he's sitting on that limb, and, and uh, the sun starts to peek out, and all of a sudden, mm -hmm. you're in a dead silence of Mother Nature in the woods, and you mm -hmm. hear, you know, he, he's fired up and ready to rock and roll, and, and, and <laughs> wanting to do the same thing. And uh, the bottom line is, is that, you know, if, if, you, uh, if you only have about a month and a half out of the year to do it, you mm -hmm. better get all you can get. <laughs> Of course, that's how the deer widow feels when she... Deer do the same. Uh, Foxes do the same. But, but, and if you've been married for more than 15 years, it's about the same for us. Yeah. Right, sitting on a limb out there all night, frustrated. That's right. Um, With a rolling rock in your hand. <laughs> Very good beer. Is that in, in your neighborhood there? Yeah, we, yeah we, they ship in maybe a six-pack of that to you yeah. know, our county maybe once a year. Yeah. Now, uh, that noise that you made there, is that, was that a mating noise? That's a, that's a mating call of a gobbler. Uh, actually, what they do is gobbler will sit on the limb in the first thing in the morning, and he'll gobble, oh, maybe in 30-second intervals, and then he'll wait a few seconds, and wait a few seconds, and, and he'll do that. Sounds like a busy signal to me. Yeah, it does. Does the female respond to that in, in well, a similar fashion? a lot of fashion? times they'll do. A female will respond back. 
If she's roosting off a little way, she'll respond back by doing hen yelps, what sound like. Mm-hmm. Sound like that. And, of course, when he hears that, yeah. he communicates back by gobbling to her. And then the hen, unfortunately, with turkeys, the gobbler gobbles on the limb 5, 10, 15 times normally. I mean, they'll gobble all morning long. Mm-hmm. But the hen's... Mother Nature has it set up that the hens go to the gobbler's location because he's capable of breeding uh, more than two or three or five hens in a morning's time. Uh-huh. So the hens gather up as a harem. They All go the to the tree and the gobbler him. flies down and he goes through his strutting patterns and, and does his thing and, and he breeds the hens for fertilization. Interesting. Now this, this, this whole calling thing that you've demonstrated here is actually it's quite a skill, isn't it? I mean, there are national competitions. You are a, a, a master. Yes, sir. And it, it's four times master? Four-time master's champion. Master's champion in, in turkey, is it called gobbling? Turkey no. calling. Turkey calling, Simply I'm sorry. Simply put, turkey calling. There's all different sounds that yeah. turkeys make. Yeah. Uh, uh, there's a lot of champions across the country. It's a very serious uh, uh, hobby and sport for a lot of us. It's mm-hmm. a very serious industry and a very serious sport. Well, let's make light of it then, because... Uh, <laughs> It's serious, but it's also kind of interesting, and uh, we find it we find it fascinating and uh, a little bit amusing because uh, the sounds seem to be. Uh, so I, I saw something in, a, in an article about you that you were a charismatic caller. Yes. What does that mean? Well, people, you know, a lot of turkey hunters go out and they sit on a log and they just galp, 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 and that's about it. Yeah. And more of the professional type callers uh, that, that compete in competition and we do seminars, educational programs and things like that across the country to enlighten other people about how to, when to, where to mm-hmm. uh, for turkey hunting uh, and to keep the sport safe uh, so that we don't shoot one another. Mm. But uh, uh, charismatic type calling is just uh, being flamboyant with the call to where you can do a, a wide range of calls. So there's hen yelps, there's cuts, there's clucks, there's purrs, there's yelps, there's strutting sounds, there's gobbles, but I'll just run through a quick scenario of that. Great. Mike, the sound that a gobbler does when he's ready to breed. You know, I can believe that. I... And then this is a whistle and key key call of a young, of a, a young lost turkey in the fall of the season. General, mm. we'll do it all year long, but primarily in the fall of the season, you hear it quite often because the young turkeys have a tendency to get away from their mother at times. And, and what happens is they'll do a little high whistle key key yelp series, which is a distress call, telling mom, "Hey, here I am, come and rescue me." vocalization and rhythm patterns. Kelly, that was fantastic. It's very important, too, that you, that you don't call too fast and you don't call too slow. Uh-huh, and it's a, it takes a, time, a while to learn all this, doesn't it? It's not an overnight yeah. thing. Yes, when you grow yeah. up in a hunting community, uh, in Pennsylvania, like Alabama and, and uh, Missouri and a lot of the, you know, countryside communities, uh, 
you, you grow up in a hunting community and, and uh, you learn how to hunt and you enjoy hunting and just some of us take it to a, a higher plateau is all. Mm -hmm. And uh, in the turkey calling championships, in order to be involved there, you've got to require a lot of time and practice and a lot of patience and, and be able to, to work on your art. And, you know, the most important thing before you can, you can make any kind of turkey sounds, you obviously have to know what the turkey does and how they do it because you can... I think to put it in simple terms, Mike, you can, you know, you can sing all day long to the song, but if you don't know the words, you're, the best that you're going to do is hum. That's very true. Yeah. Kelly, and, that, and, I, and I like that saying. Now, there are some people, of course, who... <laughs> our piano player is writing that down for future reference. Uh-oh, uh-oh. But uh, <laughs> we have to leave you now because we're about out of time for this uh, segment here, and you did a great job. Can, how about uh, a sound that a turkey who escapes for the season, because some people out here are concerned about the turkey, of course. And let's say they escape to live another season. What sound might that turkey make? The sound that he makes when he's escaping? Yeah, relief. Release time? Yeah, relief. He's relieved. Oh, uh, relieved? Yeah. Oh, well, he's just running away from you straight down the road, and at that time he normally uses an English verbal command like, well, it's just simply put, he says, damn, I made it through another day. <laughs> there you have it. Kelly Cooper, thanks a lot, Kelly. Thank you, Mark. Nice talking with you. All right. There you have it. That's turkey talk for this season. And uh, at least we didn't bowl with butterballs. We could have done that. <laughs> that was another possibility. Well, oh, he was good. Yeah, he was good. Excellent. He, well, he's, an, he's a master. I, I've never heard those turkey sounds, but it sounds like some type of animal. They say he sounds more like a turkey than a turkey does. Uh, that's what they say about him. That's a high tribute. And, and apparently the charismatic is a little controversial among the, the straight turkey callers who try to imitate. He actually is a, he is the turkey. He is the turkey. And, and, and it's, it's like a method actor, right? Yeah, or a, it's a Zen thing, you know, I, right. I the turkey. And, it, and it, he just is the turkey, and then he makes these sounds. And, uh, speaking so in tongues. It's speaking in turkey tongues, exactly right. Exactly right. So I... And that's sort of how you play the piano, I've noticed, that you are... I am the piano. That's why you are out of tune today, for example. Right, exactly. Yes. Exactly. I feel a lot of sorts and kind of out of tune. And, and that will be reflected in this next number, which is going to be... Uh, recapitulation. We didn't do anything yet. How can it be? <laughs> Jeff Eccles on bass.
Thank you. You're listening to What Do You Know on APR, American Public Radio. excessive, I thought. I, it was just a recapitulation, anyhow. That was good, John. Who's, Thank you. Whose song is it? Hank Jones. Hank Jones, a great country singer. No, no. What? no. That's Hank Williams. Hank, Hank Williams. This is Hank Jones. Oh, I thought it was Hank Snow I was thinking. That's oh, one of those Hanks. One of those Hanks. There aren't many jazz guys named Hank. When you think about it. No, this is the only one. Well, there's, there's a couple. There's a couple, of course. I don't want to talk about it, though. I'm wrong. <laughs> I could be wrong. This is interesting. This relates to you guys, I guess. Christy Fackle is here. Where is Christy Fackle? Hi, Christy. How are you? Nice to have you here. I was just talking about you the other day. What about that Fackle girl I was saying? Where are they? What the heck? How are you? I'm, I'm good, thanks. You've been here before, of course. No, never. No, I didn't think so. You're not that. What's, what's on your ears there, Christy? They're bird cages. Are there little birds in them? Yeah, sure. Little flat ones. Yeah. You mind if I just stare at your no. neck for me? I honestly cannot see the birds in your bird cage. Well, maybe there's a bowl, too. No, leave them on. It's easier that way. Oh, okay, thank you. I, John, can you see a bird in this? <laughs> Is it my eyes or what? You see, what do you see in there? Uh, oh, yeah, there, it there it is. It looks like a little piece of metal, but I don't know if I'd call it a bird. John says it's just a piece of metal in here, but I think you ought to take them back. There's no bird in there. Yeah. Isn't that cute little newspaper on the bottom there and everything? <laughs> and Christy, it says you're, you're a graduate student in what, uh, may I ask? Art history. Art history. Uh, Caravaggio. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Next subject. I, I had one semester, you know, and I got a C, I think, anyhow. Oh, I'm a TA. Probably could have helped you a little bit. Uh, yeah. You probably could now, as a matter of fact, but let's go right to your question. Uh, it's about musicians. Yeah. Do you want me to read the question? Why do people make stupid faces when they're playing musical instruments, especially the guitar? <laughs> John, any response to that? Not that you do. Or Jeff? Yeah, you got a problem with that? <laughs> <laughs> what is it? Well, though? no, you're just you're concentrating and you're not, you know, you're not thinking about because you are the piano you're not thinking about just thinking about many things at one time and, do you ever uh, think you actually leave your body during a musical number leave your body yeah like some of us leave the room during a musical number <laughs> do you ever, I mean do you actually feel like you transcend your sure. physical self sure. so sure. you're just a husk out there because I know it's after a tune I'll find you sprawled over the piano <laughs> and I figure it must be like an emotional cathartic thing yeah not usually during this show but you know no. occasionally <laughs> Yeah, I've noticed well, no, that you too. have to kind of, you know, get a running start at yeah. it, and one number is not really enough to okay. and, and actually, you into a... you guys move around so much, it's hard to see. Could you just demonstrate a face that you might have Well, Jeff really is during more of a face maker than, Let's than just, I. Just freeze the, the expression you might have in the midst of a number, if you could, for just a second. This is how they look. Stop action. In the midst of a... <laughs> yeah, okay. So that's pretty much... Does that explain it? No, it doesn't explain it, but does graduate school explain anything? No. <laughs> art history, does that explain anything about art? No. No, it doesn't. It doesn't help you really appreciate art. It just gives you... you uh, learn a musical instrument and you'll understand. I play a musical instrument. Well, then well, videotape yourself. Take it outside. 
Take it outside. I don't need this. Barry Friedland is here, and he's in psychographics. What the heck is that? Where is Barry Friedland? Psychographics. And uh, what, what kind of graphics is that? Um, yeah. Pretty smart thing to write on a card, isn't it? But you got... Uh, we're just trying to uh, better the world by selling sweatshirts. <laughs> I notice the world is a better place, and uh, it must be the sweatshirts. Uh, look around. Look around. There's a lot, there's a lot of sweatshirts. Uh, people look good on them. And, uh... what, what sort of so, uh, sweatshirt do you uh, make? We make an oversized sweatshirt. Yes. Not for everyone, I bet. Um, some people, they would fit perfectly. It would be small on some and large on others. So it's kind of a... Is that the look now, a destructured uh, sweatshirt? Uh, yeah, I'd say so. Large. Large and comfortable and um, sort of silly looking. Okay. And uh, your question... Uh, what is your question here, Barry, that I can help you with? Um, well, sure, here. Um, I have a 91 Isuzu Trooper. Um, and when I back up, my brakes make a moaning sound. <laughs> what could this be? You know, this happens every week, and I'm getting pretty tired of it. Uh, I think that's you making the moaning sound, Barry. I think you have trouble backing up, and, and uh, it's, it's, it's a strange... Yes, it's a, it's a gobbler mating. Thank you very much. So I would get out of the car and, and start shooting. Or it could be your brakes. So you might look at your brakes and... Yes, yes, fine. Let's, I heard that three times. And Thanks very much for that. Chet Bruett is here from Green Bay. He rhymes. And where is Chet? Right here. Is that right? Chet Bruett? All right, Chet. Fine. Do you like rhyming in your name? Yeah. Uh -huh. That's great. <laughs> uh, how old are you, Chet? Fifteen. Fifteen. Now, why do I ask young people their age? Isn't that unfair? Yeah. yeah. It really is. Isn't it? It's ageist. Isn't it? Don't you? I think it's unfair. Okay. How old are you? How old are you? My age. Thirty-nine. Yeah. Okay. Fine. That, that's why I don't ask adults their age because they lie about it. It's, but I, okay, so I, I'm sorry, I take that back. Okay. Okay. And, but you, uh, uh, are you in high school? Yep. And uh, do, do you like anything about that particular phenomenon? Sure. What, what, what about it do you like? Lunch. <laughs> How long do you get for lunch? An hour. An hour is a long time. We only got 28 minutes. Wow. <laughs> Aren't I relating nicely with Chad here? Chet, you had a question. You, you want to read it because I think it illustrates uh, where you're at. If you canoe up a tree and got a flat tire, how many pancakes would it take to cover the doghouse? Okay. Huh? Potential graduate school here in philosophy? What do you think? Philosophy? Okay. Thanks very much. Yeah, well, there's an answer for that? Yep. None. Ice cream doesn't have bones. All right, Chet. All right, moving right along here. Uh, oh, there's one thing I want to get to right now. Terry uh, Gorell is here from Wausau, Wisconsin. Last week we gave away our... Uh, you probably didn't hear this because it was our fun drive, but we have these, uh, what do you know, jar rubbers. Uh, and they have 101 uses, and one, one of the uses said, uh, on your boat. And we're all stumped on that one, but here's a man here, Terry. Yes. Um, How do you use them on a boat? Can I have one if I tell you the answer? No, that's okay. Do we have one on? Uh, yeah, we'll get you one, definitely. Because it has a flamingo on it, and I like that part. Okay, uh, you put it on your dash of your boat, and you put the beer can on it, and the beer can then doesn't slide off the dash. There you, you go. Make, yeah. Turn the corner. Another use. All right. Isn't that great? Do we have a jar rubber down here? We'll get one for you, Terry. Thank you. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. Keep drinking and, keep drinking and boating, Terry. We like to... <laughs>
Makes our waterways what they are. All right, we're going to play the What Do You Know quiz. Before we can do it, we have to know who can and cannot uh, participate in the quiz. So that means, of course, the four disclaimers. And who did I... Uh, yes, this gentleman here volunteered earlier. You want to come out here and, and read them? And, uh, oh, you're playing with clothespins now in the aisle. That's cute. But what are you making there? I don't know. Yeah. Huh? None of us do, but it's very interesting. And you are? Clark Rogers. Clark, would you do the honors, please? Sure. These are the four disclaimers. One, all questions used on What Do You Know have been painstakingly researched although the answers have not. Ambiguous, misleading, or poorly worded questions are par for the course. Listeners who are sticklers for the truth should get their own shows. <laughs> Two, I'm not saying it's been a while since the sun shone, but this is the whitest I've ever been. <laughs> Three, persons employed by American Public Radio or its affiliates are lucky to be working at all, let alone tying up the office phones trying to play the quiz. Listeners who have won recently should sit on their hands and let someone else have a chance for a change. Four, all opinions on what do you know are well-reasoned and insightful. Needless to say, they are not those of American Public Radio, its member stations, or lackeys. Anyone who says otherwise is itching for a fight. All right, let's... You can put your hands up for this one so I can visually locate you. If you gotta want to take a chance here at the What Do You Know quiz, get the hands in the air. This is your chance to show what you know, who you are, and how you got that way. No one, of course, in this section is volunteering. This is the inert section. Sir, are, are you serious? I saw you raise your hand there tentatively. No, it's, there's, there's something about you. I don't know what it is, that, now that I see you there. Excuse me, just a minute here. Hi, how are you? Hi, I'm real great. How are you, Michael? I'm fine, thank you. And uh, are you the gentleman who does the cards? You betcha. Oh, it'd be fun to have you up here. This gentleman sends uh, Christmas cards to world leaders every year and, uh, and gets responses or, or, or doesn't, right? I get quite a lot of responses, yeah. Sometimes from the CIA, the FBI, <laughs> <laughs> but, but mostly from the people to whom I send them. Well, give me one good reason. Is, is it uh, Tom? Tom, right. Tom, right. Tom, give me one good reason, Tom, why you would like to play the What Do You Know quiz. Uh, because it might be fun. <laughs> That's not a good enough reason. If it, but we'll let you up here right now. What about a little response here for Tom? He's taking the chance. Well, you can give us a little more time than that, you know. Just an embarrassing pause there, actually. And actually, I got your card or something. Um, uh, yeah, uh, give me about 20 minutes, will you? All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Hi, Tom, how are you? Real great, thanks. Yeah. Happy holidays to you and all of your listeners. Oh, thank well. you. Thank you. And are you starting on your cards yet, sending them out? Or? I normally send them out the week of Thanksgiving, so I'll be doing it uh, beginning this week. Yes. Uh-huh. And how many cards are going out this year? Well, last year I sent 30 out. I think I'll send about 30 out this year as well. 30, uh, have you dropped some from your list? I have, yeah. Some people don't respond and don't really seem to really appreciate being did, thought of. Did you send me a card? Uh, I think I forgot you a lot. No, I did send you one last year because you bawled me out the prior year for uh -huh. not sending you one. Did I respond? No, you didn't. Huh. <laughs> so I'm off the list? Silence is golden yeah. sometimes. Okay, so I'm off the list, I guess, for this year. Who's, who's new this year? Uh, this year I'm going to send some cards to the uh, presidents of some smaller countries and... Uh, in Europe, like nice. Liechtenstein, Andorra, and that's some nice, of the others. That's nice, yeah, because they hardly ever get cards. That's true. I hope not. 
It's hard to say Liechtenstein for one thing. I know, I know. I'm yeah. going to send them. I'm going to try to find out who their presidents are before I can send the cards. Mm -hmm. So you're not on a first name basis with with any of these people necessarily. Uh, not yet. Used to be on with Corazon Aquino. She was always a very interesting letter writer too. Oh, was she? Well, she didn't wasn't doing much in office, so. She, uh, she had the time to respond, you know. Uh, one year I sent a card, and uh, I soon read after that that there was an explosion in the palace, and uh, uh, it appeared that there was a coup attempt, but she survived it, thank goodness. And so I sent her a second card and told her that if, uh, the, in the event that my card was destroyed in the coup attempt, uh, I would appreciate hearing from her, and I did receive an autographed photo that year. That's pretty good. And... Um uh, Castro, I know, has been on your list. Is he on this year? Yeah, Fidel is a regular. I keep hoping I can get an autographed picture from him, but all I get is a Christmas card, which I do appreciate if you're listening, Fidel. <laughs> this is on Radio Marti, of yeah. course. We, uh, yeah, we, muchas gracias, Fidel. Yeah, and con mucho gusto to you, too. And, uh, so, yeah, so he, and he sent you, a, is it signed by him? No, no, or? but it's uh, usually a very beautiful picture of a scene in Cuba. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't know where the scene is because I haven't been Bay of Pigs, there. perhaps? Possibly. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, well, that's very interesting. And the Clintons, will they be on your list this year? They will be, yes. Yeah. There's been a clean sweep of the White House, as you know. And, no, uh, Tom, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I'm glad you're here. I yeah. Well, so, thank you. I'd like to bring you up on uh, current events. That so means the, the Hoovers are out? There's four, yeah, the Hoovers are out. <laughs> and the Eisenhowers. Uh -huh. and the, so there's four new people for me to send, not only uh, Christmas cards to, but birthday cards. Oh, you do the birthdays, too? I've been gotten into birthdays this year because oh, no. I like to spread this across the whole year. And I've gotten back some interesting responses, particularly from the royal family. Oh, yeah. They don't send back, uh, back autographed photos, as I request. But I, do, I did send Queen Elizabeth, for example, a card, and I commiserated with her children's domestic problems. <laughs> did she confide to you that she felt the same way or what? No, I got a letter from a lady-in-waiting saying, mind your own business, fella. <laughs> <laughs> Well, and of course, uh, Di and Charles, what, separate cards? Separate cards. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> things are going. Uh, Tom, what, when you're not sending these cards out, what do you do? Uh, I'm an attorney for a state agency that regulates the very healthy savings and loan industry in Wisconsin. Oh, well, so you, while you should have been regulating the industry, you've been sending out cards, greeting cards. Yeah, across no, I send out cards in the evening, not during the daytime. Oh, okay. regulate the industry. I thought you used a little email thing there. And, and no, no, I, I added uh, very healthy savings and loan industry because the last time I said that, it caused yeah. some hilarity when I didn't put in the very healthy. Yeah. The audience cracked up and I felt... That didn't work it, this time, though. No. I took it personal, no. This, no. this is a tougher audience than I last time. I bet you it is. And the Bushes still be on the list, though? For, oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I I really, I sent George a condolence card. I feel yeah. terrible that his mother passed away earlier yeah, this did. week. Yeah, she did, just a few days ago. And uh, he, he's, he's good about responding, though. What we hear about him sending thank you cards and that sort of thing, all true, right? Yeah, he's been very good, and yeah. uh, he was even better when he was vice president. He had more yeah. time. And he sent, more, he sent much more beautiful cards, pictures of his family in the mm -hmm. cards. But yeah. now he's just been sort of sending the classic White House photo. Mm -hmm. Where are you going to send it to uh, next year? Address. Uh, I'll have to find out where he moves to, where yeah. he and Barbara settle, but yeah. I do plan to keep in touch with them. Okay, well, I'm sure he would miss it if he didn't hear from you, Tom. Yeah, I'm sure he would, too. <laughs> and I'm sorry I'm off the list, but uh, what can oh, you you'll do? You'll be back on, Mike. One of these years, yeah. All right, uh, Tom, you know how this works? I think I do, yes. Yeah, and uh, someone out there plays along with you by calling this number. They call 1-800-WHA-KNOW. Wano or WAC. No. Okay, as the case may be. And uh, here is the question. It's uh, something you should have learned in school, or maybe odds and ends is better. Uh, who were the first presidential couple, modern couple anyway, to share the presidential bedroom? Uh, this has come up because of the change, uh, changing guard there that Tom told us about uh, going on there at the White House. And this was the, who was the breakthrough couple in the White House? If you know, give us a call here. Area code 
What's that? It's an 800 number. It's an 800 it? number. Yes. <laughs> W-H-A-K-N-O-W. That's why he's here, because he knew that was not, that's not an area code, then that's an Would 800. Would you turn up my headphone, please? Turn it off, sure. How's that better? It hasn't done a thing. Maybe okay. try the second one. Yeah, no, I think that doesn't do anything. I have no idea. But how about I this one? I think it's plugged into the second one. Is that one better? No, it doesn't no, do It doesn't do a thing. Okay, do you mind if we just go on with the show sure. then? I know you got personal problems. <laughs> Maybe we can get a little assistance. I doubt it. All right, so who were the first president, who was the first presidential couple? English teacher, quick. Who were the first presidential couple to share the presidential bedroom? For many years, of course, uh, Lincoln slept in the, with the Lincoln Logs. And uh, who was the first presidential couple? Uh, because couple, it would be used the singular because it's a, it's a, it's a collaborative noun. Uh, something like that. Okay. Let's go to Tucson, Arizona. Hi, Lori. Hi. How are you? Oh, great. And I bet it's just beautiful in Tucson, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's a beautiful, sunny, sunny day. Wow. Chilly. <laughs> All right. Uh, Lori, how chilly is chilly? Oh, I don't know. It's 40. <laughs> not bad. Maybe. Yeah, it's not too bad. Not too bad, yeah. Okay. Uh, Lori, what do you do out there? Um, I'm, a, I'm a student. A student. How old are you? I'm 35. Okay, fine. Decided <laughs> to ask everybody now. I'm a gradual student. <laughs> yeah, well... <laughs> In what field? In ecology. Oh, sorry, we don't have a question there. This is about the presidential couple. Right. Uh, we want to know who was the first presidential couple to share, that doesn't, was doesn't sound right either, the presidential bedroom in the White House. The breakthrough couple. The breakthrough couple. Mm -hmm. First one to actually share the room. Uh, Truman? No, I'm sorry, not Truman. Thank you, though. Okay, thank you. Nice talk. Try us again. Bye. Bye. Sorry about that, Lori. Let's go to Brooklyn. Hi, Annette. Hi. How are you? I'm fine. I'm on the air, right? You're on the air. Oh, wow. This is great. How old are you? I am I'm 31. 31. Okay, that was a good year, as I recall. And uh, Annette, what do you do in life? I'm, <clears throat> I'm just out of graduate school. I'm an assistant designer. We get them at all points of graduate school here, <laughs> yeah, don't we? Yeah. It's rainy here and overcast. Yeah, we, that's here, too, for the past month and a half or, or so. Uh... <laughs> Do you know, Annette, the first presidential couple to share the room? Oh, God. I was going to say Truman. Um, I want to play your quiz so bad. Yeah, I do. would say any couple. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I wanted to play your quiz for three years. Really? Um, if I beg hard enough and I don't know the right answer, can I play? Uh, you know, I can't do that. If you were to say the Fords, for example, Yeah. then I might let you play. The Fords? Yeah. Is that right? What did you say? Did I say the Fords? That's right. The oh. Fords are the Fords are the right. Yes. Nice going, Annette. All right. The Fords. Yes. Betty Ford was was very advanced uh, person. She changed that thing around there, and her husband. Uh, I liked her actually. She he was he was okay, but she was great. Well, where did John John come from then? John John. Yeah, I thought the Kennedys. Or I guess sorry. I, uh, well, not according to my notes here. Oh, well, the Fords. The mm. Fords, of course. Okay, you can say the Kennedys if you want, but it'll be wrong according no, to No, no, the Fords. I know yeah. it's the Fords. <laughs> yeah. Okay, all right. Well, congratulations, Annette. This is Tom. Hi, Tom. Hi, Annette. Pleasure to meet you. It's nice to meet you, too. I have a sister who lives in Brooklyn. So really? I'm, yeah, especially happy to meet you. Uh, you know, I used to write to Barbara Bush every week. Oh, really? Did yeah, she respond? Uh, child care. Pardon me? I used to write to her every week and tell her that she should be more active in child care. Oh, did she write back to you? Yes, I got a lot of responses, none from her, but I got some from her office and some from her secretary. And from children who said, mind your own business. Yeah. Yes. I used to write her and uh, 
compliment her on her work for literacy. I, 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 I did. I, I would say that. Then I'd say, you know, mm. the next step is child care. And I never got a response. Mm. Well, you guys, listen, I hate to interrupt here, but <laughs> <laughs> let's try our hand here at the What Do You Know Quiz. Annette, are you familiar with this? Yes, I am. The two of you collaborate on it. We have various categories. What are those, Jim? They're current events, people, places, things you should have learned in school had you been paying attention, <laughs> science, or odds and ends. Annette, we'll let you pick the first one. What would you like? Oh, man. Um, Just relax yeah. now. This is not that important. <laughs> you have no idea. You have no idea. I, yesterday was my last day of work, so this is like a new start for me. A new beginning. Yeah. Mm, okay. um, I think things we should have learned in school. All right. I was hoping you wouldn't pick that. I'm stuck. Too late. Sorry, Tom. All right. Something <laughs> you should have learned in school. Which do you hit first, the brakes or the turn signals? What? What? Well, you mean when you're making a turn? I think that's assumed in this question. <laughs> Apparently, this was never taught in school because. Which do you hit first, the brakes or the turn signals? Tom, what would you say? I'd say the turn signals. I, I would agree, because you do that like 50 feet ahead or something, don't you? Turn signals is right now. Do it, will you please? Wow. Then... <laughs> Some people use their brake lights for turn signals. That's not proper. It sounds like a great audience. Yes, really. They'll applaud anything, right? <laughs> And Jim, what is that score? That would be one right. Okay. <laughs> Tom, over to you. What category would you like? Uh, places. Places, okay. All right. <clears throat> is it possible, is it possible for an orangutan to strip a Frenchman naked? <laughs> Could you repeat that? <laughs> it, it'll sound the same. Is it possible for an orangutan to strip a Frenchman naked? Is the question. Sure, I think it's possible. Anything's possible for orangutans. <laughs> and for Frenchmen. And even, even French women. Would this work for That's a enough German? enough time. Your head there, quit. <laughs> Annette, what do you think? Why is this a places question? France. <laughs> I, I, I agree with Tom and all things. You say, so you say yes? Yeah. Yes is right. I have Bill Fletcher to thank for this. Uh, on a, upstairs, you might be working today. I don't know. Uh, it happened actually in the Kata Kin Kinabala Sanctuary in Malaysia. A 14-year-old male orange orangutan, uh, completely ignoring the man's wife, uh, went off uh, and, and, and stripped a Frenchman naked, ran off with his clothes, down to his shorts, everything. Uh, and the, uh, inc the, the official there said, this unusual incident is a warning to all tourists to wear clothes which cannot be removed easily. <laughs> So keep that in mind. And Jim? That would be too right now. Yes. I wonder if a deer could do that to a hunter, you think? <laughs> Probably not. Too right. Okay, Annette, back to you for one of these. Current events, people, science, or odds and ends? Um, how about odds and ends? Odds and ends, okay. All right, if the name brown comes from the hair color of the same name, what hair color does Kilroy harken back to? Oh, you devil. Yes. Uh, is that like, like Kilroy was here kind of thing? Yes, uh, the last name Kilroy. Kilroy. Mm -hmm. Tom, do you have any clue whatsoever? Kilroy, a color? Yes, it harkens back to a, to a color of hair. As you know, brown it refers to hair well, color. You know, it sounds kind of Irish, so would it be red? I mean, it's, I, I mean that's an educated guess, because I'm a redhead. But. Let's go with that, Annette. Red is right. Yeah. 
Green refers to hair. All those go back to... Yeah, no, uh, red uh, is Kilroy, Reed, and Russell are all are three of the, the words that refer to uh, red hair. Oh, well, I never knew that. Yeah, now you know that. That's great. This yes. brings us to an interesting juncture. Do we get chocolate now? You know, it does. No, actually, you could go on, couldn't they, Jim? They could go on, or they could stop here and take the prizes you've won, or you can try for the giant kielbasa. You answer correctly two more questions from the three remaining categories, and you can win a king's ransom of prizes. However, if you miss either question, you'll lose everything and never have to worry about Mike Wallace calling up to see whether you use these prizes as bridge financing to buy a third world country. Jim, uh, I, you're getting a little elaborate on those. <laughs> I, this kielbasa thing is everyone, I don't know if everyone knows even what a, what a giant kielbasa is. Uh, Jim, uh, no, forget it. It's something like this figure. Yeah. Okay, it means a lot. All right. So do you want to go on? Or are you? What are you thinking, Ed? Well, I'm from, I'm from Toledo originally. We had a lot of kielbasa there. Oh, there you go. That doesn't make up my mind for me. Which, which involves the most chocolate is what I'm really concerned about. Let's, let's go for it. It's the holiday oh, season. Oh, what the, what the... Yeah, what the hey. <laughs> All right, you have to get both right, uh, or uh, oh, you're in serious trouble. So pressured now. Yeah, now you're under pressure again. Yeah. You're relaxed there for a minute. Now, Tom, uh, one of these categories remains. Current events, people, or science? Let's try uh, people. Let's see if we can do people in it. Hope yeah. It, hope the answer is Barbara Bush. I hope it is. Uh, no, it isn't. Uh, which is oh. more likely to turn up in a woman's purse? Uh, aspirin or Tylenol, or gum or mints? Now, these are two categories now. The aspirin Tylenol category or the gum mint category. Oh, man. Is there like an age range here? I don't ask ages anymore. Yeah, right. Oh, God. This was a survey uh, done by somebody, rather. Glamour well, magazine. I very rarely carry mint, but I do carry much aspirin. Mm -hmm. But I could be really isolated, you know, kind of. Uh, yeah. You don't, might... you don't seem typical. I, if I'm not typical, I think... Uh, I'm, not, I'm not saying it relates to this question. I'm just saying it's my reaction, person. <laughs> oh, thank you. You seem unique, you know. Yeah, you know yeah, nice of you. Um, I think... Don't women worry more about their breath than their headaches? I don't know, Tom. You know women. No, not as well as Annette knows women. <laughs> there you go, Tom. Now you're cooking. Yeah, Tom. Uh, the gum mint category or the aspirin Tylenol? What do you think? Well... I you know, I would be inclined to go for gum mint. I'd like to know what the audience thinks of this, though. You know, They're indifferent to this entire sequence. Indifferent? They're not going to be any help? You want to go along with well, that? The thing? audience seems to be enthusiastic, so I'll go along with that. That's right, the gum mint category. <laughs> would, you, would you applaud if you're carrying a woman's purse today? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right, would you applaud if there are gum or, or mints in that purse? Now would you applaud if there's aspirin or Tylenol in that purse? Now would you applaud if there's Kleenex and a little baggie in that purse? Overnight bag. <laughs> Toothbrush. Oh, see the ones here, the overnight bag. I'd like bag. to meet her. Okay. Yeah. My, Michael, you're dealing with the Midwest and women there carry everything. It's like a given. 
Are you from the Midwest, Annette? Or? Yes, I am. Okay, I guess you can say that. Then. It's That's like true. every airport. Someone sneezes, and 40 women have Kleenex. They have everything. That's true. In 40 York, women sneeze. Don't anything. Yes. It's... Where, where are you from in the Midwest, Annette? I'm from Toledo. Tom, will you stay out of this, please? We're <laughs> trying to move this along here. <laughs> Excuse me. We don't care about these people. We use these people, and then we discard them. That's... <laughs> That's the secret to the what do you know, Chris. I'm, I'm getting the hang of it. So, Annette, where are you from in the Midwest? I was in Toledo. Toledo. She mentioned that. Well, said that already. Now, this is the deciding question. You get this right, you win. You get it wrong, you lose. Tom, you need a mentor. The pressure's on, yeah. Annette. Man, oh, man. What remains, Jim? Uh, current events and science. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Annette, I guess it's your turn. Oh, well, oh. Oh, shoot. Oh, man. Oh, you know, I always get the current event questions wrong, but I don't know a thing about science. Mm -hmm. Well, this is going to be tough then, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Um, Which are you least likely to get wrong? I would, well, let's go for science. Tom, what do you think? Tom? Tom, are you there? Yeah, I'm right here. I'm still awake. What are you thinking, Tom? Current let's events? go for current events. Okay, let's go for that. Too bad. Oh, Sorry. nuts. Can we change our mind? All right, uh, here's the question. 10, 20, or 50 gallons of fake blood were used to make Dracula. Oh, man. This well, is the new I, film that's, that's out, the, the Coppola. Oh, I didn't see that one. I just read an article about that. Mm -hmm. and, and they were talking about a river of blood running through the Paramount lot, which would lead me to believe 50 on the high side. Mm-hmm. You know, I... But you know how they exaggerate, those newspaper people. In, and and the, the, it's 30, 40, or 50 is the... Uh, 10, 20, or 50. Ten, sorry? 20, 20, 20. No, 10, 20, or 50. 20, 20. Because 20 is a lot more than it seems, you know? <laughs> 10 gallons, I mean, 20 gallons of blood would be a lot of blood, I would it, think. Do you think a river could be made of 20 gallons of blood? It's a metaphor, Annette. Yeah. Not get... <laughs> Metaphors are not made of blood. <laughs> men are made of blood, and... I'm sorry? Um, 10, 20, or 50? We have a lot of kibitzing here, in it for 20. Yeah, yeah, but is, is, is Michael, like, leaning toward the, the 20? Because he, he's very helpful when, when the big kibas is at stake. He has a poker face on right now. Yeah. It's hard to see on the radio. It could be does. a blood sausage in this case, I guess. <laughs> 10, I mean, 10 gallons of blood would be a lot of blood, let's face it. 20 would be even more, and 50 would be the most. Yeah, that's yeah, I think that's obvious. But, you know, how much blood, you know, is can you use in a movie? Well, do you want to lean toward 20, Tom? What do you think? The audience switched to 10, so I don't know what to do, Arnette. <laughs> oh, I know. It sounded like Michael made a switch to 10, too. I, 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 have, I have not switched. Let's go with 10. What I, the heck? I gained really? nothing from this. Can we go with 10? We can't. This show has a duration. We, we can't That's be on true. forever. That's true, Tom. <laughs> We'd like you to be, but I'm afraid you can't. So what, what do you say, 10 gallons? Yeah. Let's take 10, Annette, okay? Annette, are you still there? Okay, yeah, sure. This is like squeezing blood, actually. <laughs> I'm sorry. And you say 10? Me? Yes. Yes. Tom, in agreement with that? Sure. 10 gallons is right. Oh. 10 gallons is right. That's still a lot of blood. That's more blood than most of us will ever see, uh, hopefully. And, uh, and actually, I have a recipe here if you want to make some blood at home. This is <laughs> fake blood. Take uh, one bottle of light corn syrup. A lot of red, of red dye, red food coloring, a lot of yellow food coloring, a dash of green, a dash of blue, a spoonful of tooth powder, and uh, mix them. 
Did you write that down, Annette? Well, you know, a better blood recipe is um, is is close-up toothpaste and chocolate syrup with a little Cairo. Oh, I'll put that down. Close-up? Yeah, yeah. With chocolate syrup? Chocolate syrup and close-up, because it's red, toothpaste. And it'll, uh -huh. it'll come out of the mouth and it'll stick to the clothing and you can still wash it off. Oh, okay, very good. Thanks. Yeah. I'm, I'm a costume designer. Oh, you are? Okay, so there's another possible. <laughs> Try them both. Let me know how it works out. And... And, Jim, what have they won? Well, Annette, if the holidays are driving you nuts, you can console yourself with a giant 50-inch inflatable scream, a, a doll modeled after the figure in Edvard Munch's famous painting oh, from On the Wall Productions. And, of course, your milk chocolate cow from Wilmar Chocolate. And you can drive your cat crazy with a cat dancer from the mail shop and finish it off with a what-do-you-know book on tape from Simon & Schuster. For you, Tom, keep the chill of polar blasts off your cheeks <laughs> with the genuine flannel ombre plaid shorts from Joe Boxer. <laughs> And you can enjoy songs like Spawn Till You Die and I Hate Cats with a cassette-designated driver by the band Beer Break featuring Trudy Heffernan and Jock Irons from Wild Mountain Music. You can reaffirm a Wisconsin identity with a Wisconsin passport containing all of the state's vital statistics from R.J. Reiser and finish it off with your What Do You Know book on tape from Simon & Schuster. Hope you enjoy those. I'm excited. Thank you. What about that, Dr. Tom, thanks for being here. Thank you. Annette, uh, there you go. Are you happy or what? What a day this has been, huh? I'm so glad you're on the All right. Thank you. Hang on for just a second, okay? Additional support for What Do You Know is provided by Winter Silks, America's source for silk long johns, turtlenecks, and fine silk fashions. Winter Silk Silk Clothing Catalog at 800-648-SILK. Sears, Land's End, we don't have any of those fancy schmancy catalogs, but if you want a fish pin, Earl to Ned Cat, or a What Do You Know t-shirt or cassette, call us to request our catalog of useless items at 800-383-9772. Your purchase supports the show at 800-383-9772. What Do You Know is produced by Wisconsin Public Radio for American Public Radio. Michael Feldman, producer. This is APR, American Public Radio.
From Barco, North Carolina to Chicago, Illinois, it's What Do You Know with Michael Feldman from APR, American Public Radio. That's John Tulin at the piano and Jeff Eccles on bass. I'm Jim Packard. In this hour of What Do You Know, thanks for the memos, the What Do You Know quiz, and a salute to Grangeville, Idaho. Support for What Do You Know comes from American Public Radio affiliate stations and the American Public Radio Program Fund. Now, the man who has to hurry down to the sugar shack and get into his outfit, Michael Feldman. <laughs> very much. Yes, and I never made a single dollar doing it. I want you to know that. Which is my sponsor. Well, thank you very much, ma'am. I'd return the compliment, but that would be a class action suit. And, uh... Well, you know, each week at this time, we read actual memos sent in by actual listeners. That's right. It's time once again for uh, Thanks for the Memos. And this is... Uh, this is... Uh, we have an insider at a well-known pharmaceutical corporation, and I can't give you the name of it because uh, it might jeopardize her position. But it reads, it's a letter that went out to doctors regarding a product sample that was sent out of a um, medication uh, uh, dedicated to vaginal yeast infections. Um, so we'll just call it the medication. I won't give even the brand name of this, but it's, here's the uh, memo as it reads. Uh, Dear doctor, sometimes even the most carefully thought out program can be subject to misunderstanding. I'm writing to prevent such a misunderstanding regarding our medication uh, in the mailing you recently received. In an effort to dramatize the effectiveness of this medication, the mailing included a bottle of liquid paper correction fluid with the medication label over the top of it. It has been brought to our attention that this bottle could be misinterpreted as containing the medication. We want to make it clear that the bottle contains typing correction fluid, not the medication. We regret any misunderstanding or inconvenience this may have caused you. Please discard the entire bottle of medication labeled liquid paper. And thank you for your assistance in this matter. Thank you for that, Mama. Now, what were they thinking of? What, what were they thinking of sending out liquid paper with a medical label on it? Anyone know? An advertisement. Probably to show the effectiveness of the... Yeah. This is like liquid paper for vaginal yeast infections. I still don't get it. You know, it's not really a good connection. If no. You ask me. No. White out, you don't want. But anyhow, Jim, where can they send those uh, medications? Uh, uh, memos. Memos. Send those memos and other communications to Thanks for the Memos, Michael Feldman, What Do You Know, 821 University Avenue, Madison, Wisconsin, 53706. Yeah. My brother's got some pretty cool... My brother's a doctor, too, and the paradox, we call him, of course. And they get uh, some lifelike human parts in plastic lots of times. Oh, these medical companies, they send out a lot of stuff, you know. They used to get these uh, great uh, uh, dissection series of drawings. Did you ever see those? Or? They have the actual uh, like the history plastic of dummies now. Oh, yeah, those are cool, too. Things that, yeah. But they had, like, the history of, of medicine in dissections through the years. I grew up with those. Cross-sections. Yeah. That's the only thing I ever saw was a cross-section of a female as I grew up. So. <laughs> Caused me some problems in my... <laughs> later years, but uh, it was fascinating growing up with the uh, doctors. Anyhow, I'm sorry I brought that up. And, uh, and my brother used to keep like sharks heads and things in the basement, brains from small rodents. 
Really? Then they'd be down there pricking their fingers all through medical school. You know, for some reason, it takes blood to get through medical school. So my brother's fingers, there was not a... Scarred all totally the Totally scarred. He couldn't get blood in his fingers anymore after a while. And, uh, he's not nah. a surgeon, is he? Is it? No, he's, he's, a, he's a physician. Okay, okay fine. Well, uh, <laughs> and, of course, your dad's a doctor. So you must have yes. got some of that kind of cool stuff around the house, too. Oh, uh, some. There were no... Uh, the syringes? No rodent the, heads uh, yeah. that I remember. The syringes, the opiates. Yeah. Well, no, not, not, the, not the opiates. No. Where'd those come from, then? <laughs> <laughs> it can't be like this naturally. Well, anyhow, how about some music? Because okay. that would be certainly change the pace here from medical uh, talk. Yes, it would be. Yes. One,
you. Thank you, guys. That was great. Thank oh, you. you're still there. I didn't see. Uh, you know, normally we don't like to play up the fact that this uh, this show sometimes has celebrities that that come to it. We are not that type of a show. We don't no, do a big celebrity thing. But this is kind of special. Uh, first time ever joining us here. Would you give a great big welcome? What do you know? Welcome to Paul Newman, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Paul Newman. Yes. Where is Paul? Paul Newman. True. Stand up. Would you stand up, please, Paul, and let people have a look at you? They've only seen you on the salad dressing so bottles and, a, and the popcorn. And the popcorn. Yes, and... Uh, you look great. What brings you to town? Well, uh, I live here, Michael. Oh. You know, I didn't even realize it, Paul, and so this would be Joanne. Woodward. You get a lot of that, too, don't you? Yeah. Yes, and you're sick of it, aren't you? Mm-hmm. And, Paul, you've heard this all your life, haven't you? Just from you, Michael. Never come up before, and no. you're, you're... Paul, what do you actually do? I'm an administrator with the Public Service Commission. What a thin line. Now, you could have been the other guy, and you end up with the Electric Policy Commission. Yes, yes. Well, we regulate your utility rates. So you have more effect on my life than, you're saying, than Paul Newman That's would. That's probably true. Yes. It's great to have you here. Paul Newman, ladies and gentlemen, in our audience. Huh? We get the celebrities. Don't tell me we don't get the celebrities. Of course we get them. Are you impressed that Paul Newman is at our show? Yeah. Yeah. Did you think he looked like that? No. Surprise, because in real life they often look different than they really are. Yep. Did you ever meet a real celebrity or? No. Hi, I'm Mike Feldman. Uh, <laughs> uh, well, this is probably the best to do so far. What What's your name? Brian. Brian, uh, and I can't ask how old you are because that would be ageist. But are you about what? Eight. Yep. Okay. Uh, and where do you go to school, Brian? Um, I go to school at Stern Prairie Elementary School. At Sun Prairie? Um, Fitchburg, Wisconsin. Oh, Fitchburg. Okay, yeah. Okay, that's not too far from us out there. And uh, any teachers that you want to uh, cozy up to here? Now, if you mention a teacher's name and they hear it on the radio, this could do you a lot of good in class. <laughs> no? You sure you're missing a big opportunity? I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't care. I like, I like that, that kid. Nice to have you here anyhow. And, uh, is this your dad over here? No, this is my guy. Hi, how are you? Just fine. And your name, sir? Jim Critton. Jim? How are you? Nice to have you. Where are you from, Jim? Madison. Fitchburg. <laughs> from Fitchburg as well. And uh, what, do you, what do you do in life as we know it? I'm a project engineer at a local meatpacking company. Okay, what projects do you have there at the meatpacking company? Uh, environmental projects. Oh, I thought a guy brings in his DR to you, and uh, that's a project. No, I'm, uh, I'm a little far removed from the meatpacking process itself. You're down the road of the meatpacking. Yes. yes. What do you do? The tailings. <laughs> well, that's one of the things that you we put do. Put them in the sausage. What's the problem? Who's who's gonna know? We would. Well, you'd know, but you could you could forget that pretty easily, I bet. Uh, no, we we have a recipe, as as it were. For what? For the product, for the sausage. What is that recipe? Do you care to share it with us? It's secret. Is it a secret? Like everyone has a sausage, has their own secret recipe, right? Absolutely. Like the Colonel's secret recipe for chicken, we have a secret recipe for sausage. Okay. And who knows that secret? Um, Do you know it personally? No, I don't. No, I don't. They don't trust you with that secret? <laughs> exactly. Do you know who knows the secret? Um, probably, yeah. But that's a secret, too. <laughs> I can see we're going to get nowhere with you. No. Because right, you don't care either. You're like your godson here, right? Okay, well, thanks anyhow. That was very confusing. 
We have here's Danny O'Sullivan is here from Whitewater, Wisconsin, and uh, he's a square dance caller, among other things. Where is Danny? Where is he? I still don't see him. Oh, there you are. Hi, how are you? Hi, pretty good. Pretty good. And uh, where do you call square dances? Well, when the turkey caller gets done, that's when I come in. <laughs> and uh, what sort of... Now, we say square dance, that covers a host of sins, doesn't it? Uh, yeah, but it's mostly pretty square. Yeah. But they have... Uh, what are some of the other... It's... it's uh, I forget the names. Contra? Contra dancing. Contra dances. Right. I don't know any of those. No. no. Uh, and... Um, I, yeah. Like, contra... Mostly contra leaders teach contra dances. Okay, fine. Um, but you do square dances. Mm-hmm, right. And is this, how did you learn how to call a square dance? Uh, from my dad when I was about 14 years old on a Victrola. Is that right? Yeah. Well, that's interesting. And is that something, like, a teenager today would be kind of hard probably to, to teach them that. Uh, yeah, they think it's square. <laughs> Get a lot of mileage out of that, too. You're, we're in the same league as far as reusing material, I'll tell you. Could you give us a sample of, of some of the what you what you do when you're calling? Yeah. Do you need a little music? What sort of? Um, a little bass fiddle or something. Bass fiddle. Bass fiddle. You want to stand up and do, do the whole Now the band left with the old left hand and right. Your partner with the right left down with the big foot up and little foot down. The big foot goes that hole in the ground. Meet your own and promenade. You promenade home by two by two. Walk on home like you always do. Danny O'Sullivan. That's great, Danny. We got a little something for after the square dance, don't we, Jim? Oh yes, we've got that case of Lining Kugel chilling from the Lining Kugel Brewing Company. <laughs> my dad for Thanksgiving. <laughs> there you go, major Thanksgiving all at once. Thanks very much. Nice to have you. Thank you. Okay. Uh, what will you be doing for Thanksgiving? How much will you eat? I'm going to my in-laws, and as a result, very little. How much? <laughs> my mother, my mother-in-law, strictly stovetop, we call her. So. Uh, well, that's all right. No, she gets up on the stovetop and cooks it. She thinks that's what it says in the directions, and I, I have no. Now, here is someone, just for sheer perseverance, Bonnie Spate, driving three and a half hours in the pouring rain in the middle of the night to get here. I think deserves a little attention. Medical attention, of course, but we can't give her that. Uh, hi, Bonnie. How are you? Hi. <laughs> I'm fine. Thank you. Set the scene for us. The alarm rings at what time? Seven o'clock. Pretty get... late, actually. Well, in the morning. I know it's in the morning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what happens? Well, kind of looked out to see if it was raining. It wasn't anymore. So we thought, well, we'll give it a shot. We'll come down and see the show. Yeah. yeah. And was it raining all the way here for three and a half hours? Last night, yeah. We drove up last night. Well, let's go back to last night then. because <laughs> Stayed with my friend Jim Critton. Oh, yes. The Godfather <laughs> yeah. of our It all fits together here. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> three and a half hours in the pouring rain, you came just for this show? Just, yes. Well, we might do, we might do a little shopping. No, that would ruin it for me. <laughs> Just turn around and go back now. With any luck, it'll be pouring rain again. Yeah, we'll get in the car and drive back. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I think you win the Perseverance Award. What do we have for Perseverance, Jim? For Perseverance, we have the What Do You Know cassette uh, <laughs> so that they can sing along in G, F, and B. There you go. Now you don't have to leave your home. Why should or should not gays be in military service? Oh, this is very controversial now, of course. 
I don't we're not really a topical show, though, are we? No, we're not doing topical shows. I, I think, you know, anything that would brighten up the barracks <laughs> is a good idea. So I don't see any problem with it. A few uh, Greek columns in there, some of those glass and chrome tables. Uh, Needlepoint? Not needle. That's cliche. Pink flamingos. Pink flamingos? No, that's just bad taste that we do around here. But uh, No, I think it's fine. And, uh, and, you know, we've had Lance Corporals for years. So, okay, fine. Um, hostess with the Moses at McDonald's. She's right here from the town of Weston. The hostess with the Moses. Where is she? Oh, there she is. Well, she reacted. Does she always react for you? Hi. How are you, Michael? I'm fine, thanks. How are you? I'm just great. And uh, this is Nancy Jansen. Right. From the town of Weston, and uh, what are they doing? Any experimental sandwiches at McDonald's currently? Uh, it's a secret. I can't tell. Here we go again. This is, but I mean, don't they try out sometimes various things like? Uh, well, they do. Yeah. They have us try it out, and get our opinion. The staff tries it out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that. What kinds of things they have? I can't tell you that. I can't tell you that. But for a while, they still have that McRib thing going on. No, they don't. We don't have that. Mm -mm. Like pizza, whatever happened to that? No, I don't know. <laughs> they just don't have that no. anymore. It must have failed the test then. I'm not going to say that. No, I'm, no, no, I'm saying, I'm, I'm not, I, no, I think it's good that they test these products. Oh, I do too. I, yeah, it's very important that they do. Mm -hmm. I think so too. And uh, what are they up to now? You know, total sales of hamburgers, what does that sign say? Uh, we don't get in on that. I mean, I'm the just... sign the there. Nancy, you drive to work every day, don't you? Yeah, but I don't look at that. It's not on our sign. We don't say over a hundred billion. Oh no, not on our sign. No, ours just tells what's on the menu that. I mean, what's on a special that day. It doesn't say how many hamburgers. There's a different special every day. Just about. Mm -hmm. Like today, is there a special? Well, I'm not there. I don't know. <laughs> Nancy, uh, I don't understand this conversation at all. But uh, where? And, and I have to be there to talk to people and entertain them, which I'm doing. You, you, this and is, I, this is what I do. So you, you go around. We don't have a host. Silly to people, and <laughs> I don't care what they, you know, sell, really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not into that. It's just how This is jeopardizing your future here as a host. <laughs> I should worry. See, like the McDonald's I go to doesn't have a hostess, is what I'm saying. Well, there's a woman who goes around on the tables, but we don't know what her problem is. Oh, well, I have a name. See, I do the same thing, but I've got a title. Okay, so they pay you to do that? Oh, sure. And you ask people how their day is or how their food is? Well, sure, and most of the people I know that come in, too. You know, they come in day, each day. You know, they're regulars. It's the human touch. Oh, yes. So you definitely have it. Sorry? I said I like that human touch. Okay, let me just... <laughs> it feels good, doesn't it? Does. It feels very good, actually. I like that a lot. And uh, your question, I guess, is when are you bringing your show to Weston? Yes. Uh, Jim, you got the line up there. Is Weston... Weston somehow was omitted from the list. I don't understand I'm how that happened. sure. We're in St. Louis January Yeah, 7th. I'm sure, you know, just keep your eyes open. <laughs> just wait for us there, because... I only answer questions. I... <laughs> you ask questions. Okay, all right, so... And then I'll answer you. So keep your eyes open. Yeah. Yeah. Well, just a, where where exactly is Weston? So we would know where to go if we. Do you know where Schoolfield is? Schoolfield's just down the road, isn't it? Do you know? You know, she said something about driving three and a half hours or getting you know, what? Getting up at seven or what? We got. I got up at five o'clock this morning to come here. So. Did you leave from Weston? Yes. Did you happen to notice where it was as you left? 
What, what did you see in the rearview mirror as you left? It's out of Schofield. Oh, you don't know where Schofield is? Well, no, I'm not saying that. I guess I don't. No. Wausau is. Wausau, Rib Mountain. Well, yeah. Yeah. So there's Wausau, Rib Mountain, Rothschild, Schofield, okay, Town of West. There it is. Okay. Town of West. It's the fourth one. Fifth. Fifth one. Okay, thanks very much. And, and we'll try and see you there sometime. At least we'll... Barn down the road. They, you know, put in barn dances and you could come there. This gentleman here could call. Yes. Danny O'Sullivan? Sure. Yeah, sure. Okay, we got it all worked out here. <laughs> we'll stop in the McDonald's. Okay, get the human touch. Thanks very much, Jan. Nancy Jansen. All right. Uh, we're going to play the What Do You Know quiz uh, once again, are we? Yes, we are. Isn't that what we do here? That, that is the And uh, we had someone from the, the male show. persuasion the first time around. Let's see it from the female persuasion. Get your hands up in the air. If it's something that you would like to try. I don't this is this is the least enthusiastic group we've ever had as far as the quiz goes. We need to see a little more response here. I Generally speaking, I can't believe we got a good response. Can't believe this whole section here, no one wants to play. Back there, no one wants to play. This section is rife. I, I, she's the one, was she the one who screamed for my buns? Yes. Well, I can't use her then. <laughs> my wife would hear about it, and I'd be... Oh, she did. Okay, fine. Hi, how are you? Nice to meet you. A chance to play the What Do You Know quiz show what you know and how you learned it. It's a big chance for you to show what in the world you know. No one in this back section here at all? I can't believe people just sit here and expect to be entertained. Let's go way down over here. Here's a woman who's been just sitting here discreetly. Are you related to Tom? Okay, that's fair then, because we don't want to do the same family. Uh, what is your name? Jean Larson. Jean, where are you from? Racine. From Racine. Are those spider webs on your ears? No, they're dream catchers. Dream catchers. Okay, I know what those are. And uh, Jean, did you say? Yes. Give me one good reason why you should play this quiz. Um, to overcome my anxiety of being in front of people. All right, let's work this through. Let's work this through. Let's help her out. Nice to have you here. You have anxiety in front of groups? Yeah. Is that, you've always had that sort of reaction? See, it's funny, because that's the one time I feel relaxed in front, in front of a group. I, mean, I have anxiety all other times. <laughs> so that's, we're kind of reverse types. It's a friendly yes. group, though. Yeah. Did you have to take, like in school, did you take speech class or something like that? Or? Yeah, a little bit. And you had to get, get up and give a speech? Mm-hmm. And how did that work out? Uh, it was okay, but I could, you know, rehearse beforehand. Well, why don't you give that speech? <laughs> Do you remember what it was? <laughs> no. You know? oh, no. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think it's a, you know, it's a mental state kind of thing. Really, all these people are your friends. Mm-hmm. Hmm? Picture them naked yeah, and you'll feel friendly. right at home. Yeah, picture them. That's a good idea. Uh, or uh, um, Picture them how? Naked. That's how uh, John does. <laughs> yeah, it is pretty funny when you think about it, especially, especially this guy back here in the fourth row as I think about it. And, uh, yeah, does that help at all? Yeah, it helps. <laughs> Okay. It's great. This has been a very strange show, I must say. <laughs> now picture the band naked and see if that helps. It adds a little something to their music. And the people at home, they're just naked too. Everyone right now is, is naked. And uh, I know my daughter is because she won't wear even uh, disposables anymore. She's gone through a new stage. Now, uh, Jean, uh, are you married or uh, what age are you? I'm, thir- I'm 35. 35, okay. And what do you do in life as we know it? I'm an internal auditor. 
an internal auditor. Yes. And that would be inside of a company, mm -hmm. I presume, and you keep track of uh, where things are going. Right. What, that money things or all things? All things. I work for an insurance company. Okay. So we look at um, insurance operations. So you're the person they would uh, subpoena <laughs> in the event there was something wrong? No. No, of course not. <laughs> uh, but you, would, you, you know what's going on there, basically. Yeah. You are the person who knows what's going on. You're in a, you're in a key position. You could indict these guys in a minute. That's what I'm trying to tell you. If we could just get you to talk, but you're embarrassed to talk in front of a group here, or we could really nail these guys once and for all. No, Gene, how long have you been doing that? A couple of years. A couple of years. What did you do before that? Um, I work for a public accounting firm. So you've always been in the accounting field? No. Then before that, I did several other odds and ends jobs. Mm -hmm. But you know, you seem like an alternative person. I mean, having dream catchers on your ears, for one. I know. I kind of like to shake people up a little bit. You do? Even... As an internal auditor, you know? Yes. <laughs> because you could do it, I bet. Right? How, how might you shake people up, I mean, typically? Well, you know, just, I don't carry my calculator with me. That shakes them up, I bet. And, yes. I mean, you do it all in your head or what? Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of amazing. Thing. A human computer. A human computer. Did you, uh, were you part of the counterculture at some point? <laughs> yeah. Were you? I was a hippie at one time. Okay, were you a hippie at one time is another way of stating that question. <laughs> no, I, no, because uh, I see the thing. Your hair is still very long, very pretty, and I'm wondering uh, was, uh, what, how far did you go with that? Um, it went about down to my knees. No, I don't mean your hair. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> I'm becoming more comfortable. Yeah, well, you're doing better than I am. So you <laughs> I'm getting uncomfortable. <laughs> Did you go back to the land and live in a commune? And No, not quite that far. No? But I didn't shave. You didn't shave? <laughs> Was there a point where you started to shave? Was there a transition or a yes it was gradual gradual you shaved <laughs> well, one, one leg you know maybe for a year <laughs> then he moved to the other and yeah okay so I understand that okay and then uh, all right so you didn't shave and that was the total extent of your counterculture involvement was not, <laughs> not shaving mm, no no there would probably be some more well, you know, if you're going to run for president, Gene, this is going to come out. Uh, it would be a lot better if we got it out now. Uh, you know, some of the things that went on there, some of the goings-on, some of the... I have to admit, I, I did used to grow my own sprouts. Mm. There's nothing wrong with that. Well, wait a minute, I'm not so sure. What kind of, what kind of seeds did you use? Well, um, sometimes alfalfa or mm -hmm. mung. Okay. Or, um, radish. Did you ever do those? Mung, radish. I'm making a list of these. This is going to come up in the hearings if we ever... I have recipes, too, and they're written down with a number of hours to soak and, you know, rinsing periods and stuff. Do you still uh, rinse your uh, sprouts, um, your own sprouts? No, I actually started buying them in the store because it got so convenient. And, you know, all right, all that, right. that's where I started changing, when I started <laughs> buying my sprouts. All right, now, which came first? You started to shave your legs or you started to buy sprouts in the store? Or were they simultaneous? Um, Did one... Shaving first. Shaving first. 
and then suddenly found yourself uh, in the supermarket buying sprouts. Yeah. Even, even a year before, you couldn't have dreamed that you would do that, right? Right. Because who knows where those sprouts sprouted from, really? You yeah. Think about it. Okay. Yeah. And what you know what year this would be about? What? Oh, I don't know. Mid seventies. Yeah, I suppose. Late seventies. Late seventies. Carter administration. Yeah. Late, late Carter. Early Ford. Late Carter. Yeah. Late Carter. Should we say it was the political mm. situation? Political situation. That changed me. Changed you. Interesting. And okay. Well, you know, if we had more time here, I, this would be a fascinating psychological program. It is. It's very interesting. I, I went through the same sort of thing, actually. Well, Shaving? Was... <laughs> yes. Yes. And then, and then sprouts? Or... No, I never sprouted. That's why I never shaved. <laughs> if I would have sprouted, I would have shaved earlier, I guess. Uh, Okay. <clears throat> did, did you have a point where you thought uh, even having a job would be selling out? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. And now you... But now I'm going to start growing sprouts again. Oh, you are? So it's cyclical. I guess. I have the seeds and the bag, and I'm ready to go. All right. Okay. Well, I'm glad to see that. So. All right. Is it because a new administration coming in? Think? I think so. Okay. And, you know, I'm going to read the book. Read the book? Gore's book. Gore's book, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. very good book, yeah. I'm sure. Right. I haven't read it. I don't know. I plan to. Good, good. All right. So you can see that it's all coming around. What goes around comes around, in other words. Okay, so it's nice to... Uh, well, it's great to have you here, Jean. And you're very Thanks. good in front of a group. You're much better than... Uh, it's the naked thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm really sorry John brought it up, actually, because it really <laughs> makes it hard to do a show. If you think about it. Yeah. Just a minute. Okay. Oh, I'm probably wrong anyway, but... All right, Gene, you know how this works? Yeah. And uh, uh, Jim, you know how it works? Yes. Okay. Uh, what's the number then, Jim? It's 1-800-W-H-A-K-N-O-W. Okay. I, can, I see you naked now, Jim, and I, I can't hardly talk to you. Let me move back. Yeah, please do. Um, okay, and I asked the question. I asked the question. Okay. All right, the, uh, the uh, Stone Age man they found recently in the glacier was a pretty good start, but the oldest DNA genetic material ever discovered comes from a what? This actually made news and everything else, but the oldest genetic material ever discovered comes from a what? Uh, of course, it's not human. If you know the answer to that, give us a call here at, uh, what was that again, Jim? 1-800-942-5669. Okay. Let's uh, go to those phones now. Let's do that. Hi, Drake. Hey, how you doing, Michael? I'm fine. How are you? Good. You have not seen you a couple weeks ago. Yes, and I saw you too. <laughs> and that was as nice, I must say. Uh-huh. Po- possibly nicer. Yeah. Uh, and Drake, uh, you haven't been writing me recently. <laughs> You're right. I don't know. I've been working on the attic this morning. Oh, the attic? What are you doing to it? Oh, uh, we're putting down a floor and insulating it. I've got one of those, mas- uh, those masks on, so I look like Darth Vader. You're insulating it? Are you going to use that for a, an office or something? Probably storage. Storing all my old 60s and 70s materials there. Did you go through that period too, Drake? Where you, yeah, I did. And I had a question. You didn't when shave did you cut and you... your hair? Yeah, when did you cut your hair off? I assume you had longer hair. You're talking to me? Yeah. Oh, me? You are talking to me. <laughs> Michael. My hair never grew. That's, my hair grows in corkscrews, so you can't tell long. I just have a bigger corkscrew. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, um, Drake, here's the question. The oldest DNA material ever discovered comes from 
A what? Well, I think they'd come from a fern or something like that. No, I'm afraid that's not it, Drake. Oh, no. So it's back to the attic for you. <laughs> All right, get back in there. Okay. Put your mask on now. All right, All right. sure shall. All right, bye. Thanks, bye. Elizabeth in Chicago. Hi, how are you? Hi. How old are you? Um, well, that's an awful personal question. I know. <laughs> I'm younger than you are. Oh, that's even worse, though, isn't it? <laughs> well, it depends on if you're your, you or me. That's true. I was thinking I was me for a minute there, and I, I don't know what I was thinking of. How are you, Elizabeth? I'm doing okay today. And uh, what do you, yesterday wasn't so good, or what? Well, I was working yesterday, and I'm working today, too. Oh, you're working? Hi. Pardon? Are you working right now? Well, kind of tying up the office phones. I, yeah, okay, so you're at the <laughs> office right now. What office would that be? Um, I'm a nurse working on a research project. Oh, and what's the research? Um... Well, kind of in keeping with today's theme, I'm a graduate student, so I'm a research assistant. Oh, okay. And this is part of your study? Um, well, it's my advisor's study, actually. Okay, so the heck with them. Use the phones. <laughs> That's right. It's only a long-distance call. You've been on the line for, what, about 20 minutes, probably? Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's up. an 800 number, so it's okay. That's Just true. Just in case my advisor's listening. That's true. <laughs> the oldest DNA ever discovered comes from a what? Oh. Any idea? Maybe mold, because mold grows on old things. Hmm. That's well, an interesting theory, but that's not it. Oh. Uh, I'm Can't sorry. I play anyway? No, I'm afraid not, Elizabeth. <laughs> Can I take a second guess? No. Mary Ann's here. She'll guess. No, no, sorry. <laughs> Thanks for trying. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Let's go to Omaha. And Dan's on the line. Hi, Dan. Hey, Michael. How are you doing? I'm fine, thanks. How's yourself? Good, thanks. How old are you, Dan? 33. Okay. Want to get that out of the way. And Dan, what do you do in life? I work uh, at a shopping mall. I take care of the mall, put it back together. Do they? Who takes it apart? <laughs> Everybody else who comes in there. Uh huh. What sorts of things do you especially have to watch out for? They like to tear the bathrooms apart for some reason. I guess they feel they're uh, in seclusion there, and nobody will notice that they rip the uh, toilet dispensers off the wall or something. Oh yeah. Well, that's a drag. I'll tell you. What do you think? Adults do that? Yeah, I think, I think so. I think they're I trying think so. to relive their teenage years. Yeah. I'm tired of blaming kids. We're going to blame adults from now on. That's right. Yeah. That's right. What, now, here's the other thing about uh, biology. Uh, yeah, I took nursing school for a while until I decided that was a dead end. Okay. <laughs> and now you're repairing plumbing in malls. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, here is the, the question. The oldest genetic, genetic material discovered, this made the news recently, was, was found in what? I would have to say in a fish. Mm, no, I'm afraid not. Well, I'm afraid not to. Okay, sorry, Thanks, Dan. Michael. Try us again. Okay, bye. Right, bye. Let's go to Kansas City. Phil. Yes. How are you? Pretty good. How are you? You mind if I call you Kansas City Phil? <laughs> no. And uh, Phil, uh, what's new? Oh, not a whole lot. Yeah? What you up to today? Just hanging around. And where are you hanging? Um, in my great room, actually. Your great room? Yes. What is a great room? It's a uh, combination uh, living room and family room. Oh, that's interesting. We've got, I don't usually hear that term. Yeah. Uh, Phil, uh, when you're not in your great room, uh, what, do you, what do you do to make the ends meet? <laughs> I'm a home builder. You're a home builder? Mm hmm Okay. And uh, therefore, you would know what a great room is. Exactly. Is that something that's a, a, a Missouri kind of term or Kansas City term? No, I don't think so. I think it's nationwide. Okay, I missed the nation apparently <laughs> along the way. Uh, do you ever read the bio biology news or science news or? Not much. 
Okay, then you'll probably get this wrong. <laughs> However, as a, as a builder, this should be of interest to you, actually, considering that this turns out to be the oldest genetic material. It was discovered in, I'll tell you, I'll give you a further hint now, discovered in something encased in amber. And what was that thing? Was it a spider? No, I'm afraid it wasn't a spider. I knew it was encased in amber, though. Did you? Yes, because I read that article. Oh, you did. You just don't remember what it was. Exactly. Okay. Well, try us again. Sorry. Thank you. Okay. Thought we had it that time. I really did. Let's go to uh, Wausau, which is right down the road from uh, Weston. Because uh, Weston... Is near Schofield. Schofield. Rothschild. Rothschild. Merritt and City. And then Wausau. Hi, John. Hello there. Are you near Weston? Is that true? Actually, I live in Remalton, which is pretty darn close. I heard you say that earlier. Yeah. Have you been to the McDonald's down there? Oh, once or twice. As, has a woman come around and annoyed you while you're eating? Yeah, but she wasn't working there. Yeah, well, we don't know if she is or not. She claims she is, but they don't, I don't think they have hostesses at McDonald's. I didn't think they did. No, I'm, I'm a little confused about this. <laughs> Michael, I got a question for you before we get going, if that's all right. Uh, no, it's not, John. <laughs> I was just wondering, um, did you ever find out the question or the answer to that question last week? When is a helium truck heavier when it's empty or full? No, I never did. Well, thanks a lot. Okay. Now, let me ask you one, John, if you don't mind. What's uh, the oldest thing ever found? Genetic material, that is, that's been recovered. Well, uh, let's see, it's probably either a Twinkie or uh, <laughs> maybe a beer. What was that that was found a while ago? <laughs> John, you're so wrong that I'm going to give it to you. <laughs> you couldn't be wrong. It was a termite encased in amber. Oh, yeah. like that. The oldest uh, genetic material that's uh, still intact, in other words. It could be cloned and other termites could be made from it. So it's pretty exciting. It's uh, 25 million years old, according to this. And, uh, that's pretty old. Found in a very old house. And, uh, <laughs> uh, John, uh, this is Gene. Hi, Gene. Hi, John. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And hygiene is nice, too. Of course, we agree with that. And, John, um, you, you were telling us, so what you what do you do in life? Uh, I work at a, uh, where I'm at right now, as a matter of fact, tying up the uh, office phone, large medical facility in central Wisconsin. A large medical facility somewhere in central Wisconsin. Sure. How's that for being generic? Okay. Uh, no one is suffering while we're doing this, right, as a result? I hope not. Okay. <laughs> and uh, I hope your job doesn't suffer either. John, you familiar with the, the quiz? Oh, yeah. Okay. Little boy here is now entirely covered. In clothespins. <laughs> Looks like uh, St. Sebastian or one of those guys over there. Uh, so we've accomplished something during today's show. John and Gene, you collaborate on this, as you know, and um, uh, very exciting moment for all of us. And uh, Jim? Michael, the What are those categories? Are current events, people, places, things you should have learned in school had you been paying attention, science, or odds and ends? Okay. Is he upset that I mentioned? I, he looks. No, I didn't. Insult, I think he looked great. I, no, no, no. I think you look. I think it looks really great. I'm gonna do that myself when I get home. Um, what was it? Someone choose a category. John is going to choose a category right John now. John is going to choose a category. John, how are you? Oh, pretty good. How are you? Michael? I'm fine, thanks. <laughs> what do you know? And you're up there on Rib Mountain. Are you actually on the mountain? Uh, no, it's pretty much my backyard, though. Oh, the mountains in your backyard. We should mention this is a towering peak, Red yeah, Mountain there. It's pretty high. Yeah, it's what, 40, 50 feet? At least. For Wisconsin, it's big. Okay, John, what would you like? Uh, I didn't pay too much attention in school, so let's go with that category. In but, school, all right. Yeah. Fine. 
All right, what is wrong with this sentence? Because of the impropriety of entertaining guests of the opposite sex in the bedroom, it is suggested that the lobby be used for this purpose. <laughs> this appeared in a Zurich hotel. Well, Gene, how do you feel about the lobby? Well, depends what's in the lobby, I guess. <laughs> I don't know exactly what you're going for here, Mike, but uh, <laughs> um, I would say I need help. What's, what's wrong with this sentence? Yes. Yeah. Because of the impropriety of entertaining guests of the opposite sex in the bedroom, it is suggested that the lobby be used for this purpose. <laughs> it leads to all kinds of conclusions here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Got any bright ideas? We need some hints. <laughs> Maybe something grammatical that leads to confusion? Naked. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see. Maybe uh, that there should have been some kind of comma somewhere where there wasn't one. I don't know. <laughs> comma where there wasn't one? Or, okay. What would you do to it, Gene? Well, I wouldn't start with because. All right, so you'd start with of the impropriety <laughs> of entertaining guests? No, I probably would just change it all around. Okay, what would your sentence read? Um... Could you put it in? Yeah, I've got an idea. Yes. It's got something to do with a dangling modifier. That certainly could be. <laughs> Can you clear this up? Would you, could you say it so that... Oh, sure. Yes. Um, entertaining your you know, members or friends of the opposite sex in the lobby because of the improprieties in the uh, entertaining them in the bedroom. Is what? Strictly encouraged? <laughs> right, you should. Yeah, that's a much better sentence, I think. <laughs> Good work, John. All right, John. All those years of English finally paid off, huh? Oh, sure. I should have paid more attention to school. Yeah, okay. Jim, what would that be? That would be one right. <laughs> uh, Gene, over to you for one of the following. Current events, people, places, science, or odds and ends? Um, odds and ends. Odds and ends. So, Gene, we're at uh, Woodstock? <laughs> I'm not that old. Well, you're not. How old are you? I didn't ask you. The one person I didn't ask. Yes, you did. 31. 31. You're not that old. You could have been there. I'm 35. 35. 35. Pay attention, will you, Jim? You're not paying attention. <laughs> I couldn't hear before. When was Woodstock? 60? No. 60. Uh, I, I could have been. Nine. Maybe if I was like a runaway teenager or something. Yeah. And there are a lot of them there, as I recall. All right. Here is a... I wasn't there, though. Um, here's odds and ends. Odds and ends. Is there such a thing as kosher insurance? <laughs> kosher insurance. Is the question. Well, You're both Jewish, so this would be an easy question. Oh, I Talk should know insurance. You should know insurance. Is there such a thing as kosher insurance? All heard of kosher food and, and kosher dishes and something being kosher, the expression. Is there such a thing as kosher insurance? John, talk it over with uh, Gene. Well, Gene, what did you say you do for a living? Um, insurance I salesman? I don't think I work with kosher insurance. I'm, I don't know. Uh, I, I kind of doubt it. I don't know. What do you think? Kosher insurance. Kosher insurance. Well, I guess the, the audience is all saying yeah. Well, there's a couple. No, no. yeah. Well, no, some of them are and some of them aren't. Well, that's a good point. You can insure anything. Hmm. Any, uh, we, need, we need an answer here from you. Yes or no? 
Yeah. Are you sure? Yes. Insurance. Well, I think we should go with yes. You think so? Yeah. Well, I'll go with you. You pick the category. All right. Yes, there is. Yeah. All right. It is not possible to insure your things that they will be kosher. Uh, I guess someone who makes kosher products can insure in case they turn out not to be. Uh, Trafe, as we call them, in other words. And they can't be sold as kosher. He loses a big bundle of money because they can't be sold. And uh, then they end up in sausage. Uh, and the giant kielbasa that we're giving away today. And that would be... That would be too right. And uh, how many wrong, Jim? None wrong. Okay, give no both wrong. sides. Please. Okay. Okay. Back to John for one of the following. Current events, people, places, and science. Oh, how about places? Places. Okay. Oh, boy, you're getting all the great questions. Mangel Wurzel. Mangel Wurzel. Is it a province in Germany or a beet in England? Or a what in England? A beet. Is it a vegetable? A beet, yes. A red thing. Mangel Wurzel, M-A-N-G-E-L... Germany. Dash. Germany. Please, it makes me very nervous when people are yelling Germany from the audience. I, I guess I look like I need help. <laughs> Mangel Wurzel, M-A-N-G-E-L dash hyphen W-R-Z-E-L. Province in Germany or an English beat? With an E, not an A. Well, the, well, I'd almost have to go for the uh, province in Germany. What do you think, Gene? Well, yeah, the spelling and the word. Yeah, it's kind of sounds like it. You're saying a province in Germany? Sure. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It's an English beat. Oh. English beat. This famous beat. Uh, Mangel Wurzel beat, which you should ask for next time you shop. Uh, Jim, <laughs> what would that be? That would be two right and one wrong. Yeah. Okay. I'm sorry getting all the dead-end questions here, really, but uh, that's all that was left. And I guess, uh, Gene, over to you for one of these. Current events, people, and science. 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 All right, science question, uh, John and Jean. Do ants sleep in the pupil position? <laughs> they can't sleep in the fetal position, obviously, because they're not carried that way. Yes, thank you. They, they are. Thank you, sir. You're very helpful, really. You've been extremely helpful. Uh, come every week and just help out if you can. They, uh, they grow up in pupas, don't they? Or they develop in pupas. I want to know, do ants... You know how humans a lot of times revert to the fetal position, or if they're in our audience, we want to know if do ants, when they're sleeping, revert to the pupil position? <coughs> Sleep in a little pupil position. On their sides, you know, one arm under, one arm grabbing the pillow. Would be pupil. Where are you getting these questions? Uh, these, are, uh, <laughs> these are the ones that have been left over the course of the year. And That's true. We're doing we're getting clearance. to the end of the year. Yeah. yeah. Um, clearance quiz. Do ants sleep in the pupil position? They all seemed very amusing at one point to me. It goes to show you. I would say no, Gene. You would say no? I would almost think that they would. Oh, well, you were right last time. <laughs> Was I? Well, audience? Yeah. <laughs> you can't go no, by this audio. Actually, the audience kind of... Well, no, I was wrong in the last one. That's right. The audience it can be wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they said Germany. Oh, yeah, I picked Germany. <laughs> Do ants sleep in the pupil so maybe, position? So maybe we ought to go with your decision. Which is what? Tom? I guess John? no. No. I'm sorry. The answer is yes, they do. <laughs> yes, they've been observed uh, in their sleep. These are they, they looked at nocturnal ants during the day, and uh, they were sleeping in the pupil position, and uh, they, I thought that was cute. All right, so... Uh, so that's two right and two wrong. All right, so this, in other words, Jim, you're, what you're saying is that this question 
is the deciding question. The deciding question. You get this right, you win. You, you get it wrong, you lose. So it's a lot of tension here for everybody. Gene, just relax. You're doing fine. Uh, John, uh, you ready for this? Uh, as ready as I can be. Okay, what, what remains then, Jim? Current events and people. Current events. Current events. All right, when the Clintons... <laughs> you didn't get my good side, sir. Oh, you're taking her picture. That's okay. Why don't you do that again, because I was looking the wrong way. Just a second, please. Okay. Thank you. Uh, all right. No, I feel like a celebrity. Yeah, so do I, actually. I don't get to do that normally. All right, when the Clinton's dog got run over some years back, what was the vote on getting a new dog or cat? There's three Clintons. We want to know how the vote lined up. Obviously, it was a two-to-one vote. I want to know how do they line up in terms of getting replacing the pet. No, they got a cat. We know that. I want to know how the votes went in the family. Hmm. How many Clintons were there again? There are three. There's the Mama Clinton. There's the Papa Clinton. And there's a little bitty baby Clinton. Hmm. I guess it would be two to one in favor of the cat, but what do I know? No, 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 that would be because they have a cat, and I want to know by, by person, by person in the family, how they line up. Hillary and Bill or, or Chelsea and uh, Bill or Chelsea and Hillary. Um, <laughs> My guess would be Chelsea and Hillary. Yeah, I, I would go with that. Yeah. That's right, Chelsea and Hillary. Yeah. Strictly along sexual lines, uh, as you might expect, uh, they went for the cat. He Feeling. wanted another dog. He wanted another dog. He didn't get his doggy. Or these these press guys could be chasing a dog around yeah. right now. Holding the cat up like that. Isn't that dis that's disgusting? <laughs> And uh, Jim, uh, let's well, congratulations, you guys. Yeah, great Thank work, you. John. You've won some cool stuff. Here it is. Well, John, <laughs> you can keep the gravy from dribbling on your tie at Thanksgiving with the tie protector, the gold-plated tie clip that uh, you pull the secret tab and a long strip of plastic and rolls just like Jeff's tongue. <laughs> it's from EC Marketing Group. And Gene, for Thanksgiving, you can learn how to prepare thunder thighs or pumpkin pie R square by following recipes and cooking with humor. Proof that serious cooking can be fun by Robin Copper Bensley with, that's from Vantini Publishing. You'll each have eyes to follow you everywhere you go with a package of sticky eyes. You put them anywhere you'd like to be seen. And then keep your pet's eyes guarded from dangerous UV radiation with a pair of pet sunglasses in Dayglow colors from Archie McPhee. And we hope you enjoy all of that. Wow. Thank you. John, hang on for just a second, okay? Nice talking. You cannot have too much of a good thing, which is why you'll want to order a taped copy of today's What Do You Know show at 800-747-7444. That's 1-800-747-7444. You know, each week at this time... We honor a town, village, or burg somewhere across the greater U.S. That's right. Once again, it's time for Town of the Week. And once again, it's time for Jim Packer. Jim? Rafting the roiling waters of the treacherous and unforgiving Snake River through Hell's Canyon is a good way to see Idaho up close. Stretching all the way from Montana to Oregon through north-central Idaho, Idaho County is the largest county in the state, larger even than the state of New Jersey. North of Hell's Canyon, between Mount Idaho and Rocky Canyon, is the Camas Prairie, where the county seat of Grangeville, population 3,500, is located. 
Grangeville began in 1876 with the building of a Grange Hall on five acres of land by members of the charity Grange No. 15, part and parcel of a secret fraternal order called the Patrons of Husbandry. Near the hall, a mill was built to handle the bountiful crops of wheat, barley, peas, and livestock fodder grown on the prairie. While one of 20,000 granges at the time, this hall was the first in the northwest part of the country. Grangeville boomed at the turn of the century as the chief supply town to a nearby gold strike called Buffalo Hump on Thunder Mountain. Visitors come to make connections to explore the nearby Nez Pierce National Forest and take part in the various festivals such as Border Days. It's the hometown of former national rodeo champion Guy Cash, who is proud to have been a high school bulldog, and it's our town of the week, Grangeville, Idaho. <laughs> Thanks, Jim. I was just reading the uh, Idaho County Free Press here, printed on recycled paper, I might add, and uh, we're trying to uh, call someone at random now from the phone book there in Grangeville, Idaho, to find out uh, what's uh, going on from an insider's point of view. We've got, uh, this is Idaho's oldest uh, weekly newspaper. I thought I'd get a current one at the very least. I guess I did. John Van Brocklin here, World War I veteran here, is uh, celebrating a Veterans Day, playing his violin there. That's kind of a nice picture. Alexis Hamill won the Spelling Bee title. I see that. What else is going on here? Good for her. Yeah, she did. Probably a lot of hard work and study went into winning that title, Michael. Spelling is really a strange function, isn't it? She certainly is if you can't use the words. Good point. But I mean, you can, you can know the words and not spell them and never learn. Did you find that there are certain words that you can never spell? No matter how many times you look them up? No. Do you look them up? Yeah, I do, actually. And you, uh, there are certain words I but can't I read like, them. I don't usually write them. Like weird. I can never remember whether it's I-E or E-I or, e -I or, e -I or something. Oh, yes, we're out of time here, aren't we? Practically, we got a, here's someone on the line now, Kathy Ackerman from Grangeville, Idaho. Hi, how are you, Kathy? Good, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. I'm, I'm sorry to say we have very little time here. Can you give us a, a capsule view of uh, Grangeville, Idaho? Oh, Grangeville is a great place to live. It's a um, wonderful place to raise a family, and people are really friendly here, and it's just a nice little town. Mm -hmm. Have you raised a family there, Kathy? Um, I have two kids, a three-year-old and a nine-and-a-half-month-old. Oh, that's great. That's great. Are you home with them full-time? or? No, I actually I work in the district court office, so as you're reading the Idaho County Free Press, you can see the record section, and uh, I'm responsible for getting all that information correctly put in the newspaper. Oh, you're the records person. Yeah. So there's some good stuff in there. Probably I didn't get to that page. I'll try to. And Kathy, what's, if we're in Grangeville, give us one stop. We definitely have to have to make when we're there. Uh, one stop. Well, yeah. you'd have to stop at uh, Ray Brothers Sporting Goods. Ray Brothers Sporting. Yes, that uh, happens to be owned by my parents, but um, <laughs> <laughs> it's also the uh, headquarters for the hunter and fisherman in the family. So There you go. All your hunting and fishing needs. Right. In Grangeville, Idaho. Kathy, thank you so much. We have a little something for you. Kathy, we're going to send you a ravishing assortment of exotic mustards from the Slim and Nun Mustard Company and a deluxe gift package of Door County Tart Cherry Jam from the cookery, and we hope that you enjoy those. Okay, thank thanks. Thanks, Kathy. Sorry to rush. Nice talking to you. What Do You Know is produced by Wisconsin Public Radio for American Public Radio. Michael Feldman, producer. Associate producer, Ruth Ann Bestman, with assistance from Lyle Anderson. The technical director is Tom Blaine, with sound mixing today by Richard Patrick and Stephen Cologne. The uplink operator this week is Alan Ritchie. Next week, pen of Penn and Teller. And a salute to Hebron, Nebraska. Hebron, Nebraska. Coming up. Thanks for listening. If your company is interested in becoming a national funder of What Do You Know with Michael Feldman, call 1-800-924-5669. That's 800-WANO. 
In the Radio Store catalog, you'll find flamingos, fish pins, Earl the Dead Cat, and dozens of other items. Call 1-800-383-9772 to request a copy. That's 800-383-9772. APR, American Public Radio.